0: Welcome to Jim's Take.
1: I'm your host, Jim Vaughan, And I'm your co-host, Tyler Kennedy. We have an interesting topic that the financial industry does not particularly talk about. In general, they put it in a disclosure that you probably will not read. I'm talking about fees. Fees dig into your return on investment. We're going to compare investment advisory fees and investment product fees. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Jim, can you jump into how our fees are structured to kick us off?
0: Tyler, we're we're lucky. The way our fees are structured is that our fees are based on the assets under management that a client has. The reason we're lucky is that the client wants to have more assets, the client wants us to manage more assets, and therefore our fee goes up. So we prosper as the client prospers. So good for us that's terrific it benefits the client the rate that we charge actually goes down but even more important than the the mechanism of how we're paid what's particularly important is that we disclose all our fees and in fact send the client a notice every month one of the most interesting things i found tyler is how often i meet a new client or even an existing client who was unaware of what the fee structure was in their existing investment. You know, we have have existing clients that came to us with annuity contracts. And these annuity contracts frequently have early surrender charges. So we can't get the client out of the existing investment program because there is a surrender charge of 5% or 6% or 7%. We have to wait till this surrender charge expires. Meanwhile, the clients in these annuities can have fees that range from 2% or 3% per year, all of which is expensive to the client. The client finds their investment return is reduced by these fees, which is what you were alluding to in the beginning. And the client, although the disclosure is met by the annuity companies, the clients rarely understand the nature of the fees that are being charged in the account. So the disclosure piece is very important. We send clients a notice every month on what the fee is, and clients really don't see the uh, cost in in many products that they have. And I, I pick on annuities first because those are the most expensive, although the fees are coming down in that area as well.
1: How does our fee structure work? In terms of when someone gives us money, let's say let's just say they start, they open an account, they deposit hundred thousand dollars with us. How does our fee impact them? How does what is the process? Our fee starts at approximately not approximately exactly
0: one and a half percent and declines down as the client's assets under management increase. So the percentage decreases as a client's assets under management increases. It's, we, we have made a decision not to have an account minimum for any clients of ours that come to us from client referral who are family members of clients. So we, we have decided not to have these minimums. And, what, and part of our requirement is that we want clients to grow for their accounts. We can, we can conduct this no minimum process because clients are adding new money on a regular basis into their account. So we charge for assets under management, but our advice extends to everything that the client does that has a dollar sign attached. We advise them on appropriate cash reserves, which of course we don't charge a fee on those. We advise them on debt management, Social Security, pension payouts. We'll advise them on insurance issues, life insurance issues, disability insurance issues, even though we won't be compensated on those. Because we are compensated through the assets under management mechanism. We think this aligns our fiduciary obligation to the client up with the client's incentive and that the client wants more money client wants to grow their assets in a systematic way. They they want to be encouraged to grow their assets. We think our fee structure is consistent with that in that we prosper
1: as the clients prosper. It's the one fee that sort of includes two things. One is investment management, which we're doing in their portfolios. And then the, the second is Giving advice to everything in their life with a dollar sign, everything in their life with the dollar sign, and
0: much of that advice deals with client temperament, client attitude, is not getting scared out of your investments when they're doing poorly, not becoming overly concentrated in one good idea when it's doing well, and that's counterintuitive to all humans, by the way, in, in, including me this doesn't immediately make sense it just it's something we have to learn all humans have this problem in that it makes sense to pile into the good idea that's working great to sell out of the bad idea and that is exactly the wrong approach so this temperament piece this behavior piece uh, is an important part of what we do we advise our clients and it's one of the main reasons that our clients keep us and retain us. And it's one of the reasons our clients have success. Our fee structure ties right into that, in that we all prosper together.
1: Yeah, I know we'll get to this in a later part of the episode, but we do use exchange traded funds or ETFs that do have some expense ratios, but we won't jump into that right now. It's just important to point that out. And then when we go in later in the episode to st- discuss different investment products. We'll go through that. Fine, we can do that later. I, I think it also makes
0: sense for us to, to say that Vaughn and Company didn't always have fee only uh, strategies. We, at one time, accepted commissions so that you'd sell an insurance product, you would sell an uh, annuity product, you would sell a mutual fund where we were paid our fee our commission from the mutual fund company. Now, we did our best to disclose all of this to clients over the years, but the fact is that we were paid on product sales. We were paid from the company that we sold the product. We haven't done that in many years. We don't do it today. We don't accept commissions today. And again, that that puts our economic interest in line
1: with our clients. Collecting commissions and that, you want to take us back in time a little bit, where the investment business was strictly commissions. There was no such thing as free trades. The commission-based stockbroker
0: type person is virtually gone from the retail uh, investment world. Uh, They exist. They're still out there. There's still some commissions. The insurance industry through life insurance, disability, and annuities is still very much a commission-based world. The advisors get paid from the product sales companies. They don't get paid directly from a client like we do, uh, like, an, like your attorney does, like your CPA does. Your attorney and your CPA send you a bill and you, you write a check. We send a notice out to our clients of what the fee is, and then we collect it from your cl- account. You pass. Uh, And that's that's the important distinction, and that's a key to the fiduciary obligation. The industry has evolved to where now it is much more of an investment advisory fee type of arrangement. With that, the fees have gone down, the disclosure has gone up uh, significantly, and this has been true across the industry
1: and across products. In, that the industry uses, I think, when everything was commission-based, stockbrokers and that it was fiduciary duty at that point of sale. Once the sale took place, the fiduciary ended, and then that was it, right? Wasn't that how it went? Well, I, but I'm I, I don't
0: think you can even call them fiduciaries. Okay, uh, if 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 you're selling a mutual fund, the uh, you probably weren't a fiduciary. In that circumstance, you were probably a salesperson. By the way, you may very well have been recommending the right mutual fund and investment strategy for a client. Just the the compensation was inconsistent with your ongoing fiduciary obligation. Mutual funds could pay you directly. Annuities can pay you directly. Today, we still use mutual funds. We still use exchange-traded funds. We just don't receive any compensation ourselves from those mutual funds, from those exchange-traded funds, which gives us an incentive to be sure that the fees charged by the mutual fund company or the exchange-traded fund company are as low as possible. They can't be zero. Every, everybody needs to be paid. As you pointed out, there is no free lunch, although we consistently run into clients sometimes new prospects, who are surprised that the mutual fund company is getting paid. They're surprised that there's an exchange-traded fund fee, and so we try to make sure clients know that.
1: We'll be right back after this. Okay, so let's, I know we went through a lot there. Yep. We're going to bring it back a little bit. So there are essentially three types of financial advisors, commission-based, fee-based, and fee-only-based, which is what we are. Do you want to walk us through, I know we touched on commission-based, do you want to sort of walk us through how that looks?
0: An advisor would make a recommendation on an investment, there'd be a commission to purchase that investment. From that point on, so the advisor is paid for making the recommendation and for getting you to act on the recommendation. They receive no future compensation on that position until it is time to sell the position. So the advisor needed to generate commissions, needed to generate transactions in order to get paid. Insurance companies, life insurance, disability, long-term care annuity companies still operate on this model uh, today there's there can be some ongoing compensation for mutual funds or annuities known as 12b1 fees but basically these products are a commission upfront type of product the advisor got paid on transactions that's the key second is the fee only world that we're in and we only get paid For ongoing assets under management, the fee is disclosed. There is a hybrid version of these two where clients will pay for assets under management but might also pay insurance commissions for insurance products purchased. There there might be 12B1 fees from a mutual fund company to a client. So those hybrid models uh, do exist many of the big uh, wirehouse firms would fall into that category the independent registered investment advisors almost exclusively almost are fee based and that's the only source of revenue that they that they receive
1: in addition to all th- three of those types of advisors there is one more that we're not really going to go into depth today and that is robo advisors and that is just a, you know, you log onto a computer and you can sign it up. And all they do is sort of handle the portfolio using uh, complex algorithms.
0: Yeah, I, I know you like to, Tyler, you like to put this as a fourth advisor uh, category. And maybe you're right, because there's no human contact, you're getting a model. But it also could fall into the fee-based and fee-only mechanism. You look at these folks, these robo-advisors, there's a fee schedule, they charge for assets under management, looks a lot like a fee-based advisor, it's just just no, no human tailoring it to your circumstances. So we can quibble about whether that's a fourth category or
1: a part of the third. I understand. We can quibble some other day <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> okay, yeah. So hard pivot now. We're going to be jumping to the investment product side. Yes. So I know you've mentioned annuities and we've mentioned uh, exchange-traded funds and mutual funds so far. But we haven't really jumped into some of the key differences between each product. So do we want to go into mutual funds first or exchange-traded funds? Let's do mutual funds first. I think
0: I think most most everyone listening to this knows what a mutual fund is, which is a pool of money the pool has an investment advisor who picks the securities that are going to be in that account. Clients can add money and take money out of the account every single business day. Typically, there is a fee charged by the investment manager to manage that account. So this, every mutual fund has costs. Sometimes there's additional fees paid out to as commissions to advisors. We don't use those kind of uh, mutual funds. We we use the ones where there's the fee is paid to whoever is managing the account. But there's always a fee. There's always a charge in a mutual fund company. Mutual fund company fees have been decreasing over time. And, and frankly, some of them are, are so low, you wonder how they can do the work. But that's what that's what they do. Similarly, exchange-traded funds are competitors to mutual funds. They trade on an exchange all day long. Clients can buy and sell. They pay whatever transaction fee the custodian is charging. It is common for that transaction fee to be zero nowadays. The exchange-traded fund charges a fee. Again, I part of our job is to find the investment programs with the lowest fees and we're finding that the fees keep dropping in the exchange traded fund world to where again they're they're nominal in many cases but there's always a fee and that's what pays the exchange traded fund sponsor for doing their work for generating the product the third large category are annuities that have investment programs inside always these fees are disclosed and all the disclosures are met, it is extremely difficult and takes some talent to actually figure out what the fee structure is inside an annuity. And it it takes a knowledgeable analyst. If you're not sure, someone like us can calculate it for you. It wouldn't surprise me at all if your CPA was reluctant and unsure after they calc- tried to calculate the fees in your annuity program, uh, it's tough. It's tough to come up with the answer, even though it's all disclosed in in those pages
1: and pages that were delivered to you. So when we mean by fees, in terms of the mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, that is what we call an expense ratio. And you'll see that in the prospectus of it. And it's very easy to find using Morningstar and that So. That's what we mean by these sort of management fees. You can ca- use those sites to calculate it.
0: You can do the research there. A lot of times the term expense ratio is the total of different fees. So it, it's all all in an expense ratio. Annuities aren't always that clear uh, that the expense ratio is the total. Now, having said that, there are some programs that are coming out that are reducing the costs, and firms like ours are trying to move any client annuities that we come across into these better disclosed programs. Uh, and the fees are lower. Just a, a typical range of these things. Our, 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 our fee structure starts as an investment advisor at one and a half percent, scales down. We think quickly as the client's assets grow. We have clients with tens of millions of dollars under management, and the fee becomes, uh, you know, I I think I'm trying to do this from memory, but I think it's 40 basis points on a uh, $30 million account. So it drops down pretty steadily. Mutual fund, equity mutual fund might charge up to 2%, and there's no break as your assets grow in that. Uh, An exchange-traded fund typically is very low, 50, 60 basis points, dropping down to four or five basis points. Uh, And that's, again, the whole whole exchange-traded fund. It's not how much money the client has in the fund. Uh, It's the same. Everybody in the exchange-traded fund pays the same fee. Annuities can be over 3.5%. We've made some proposals to clients recently that were in 3.5% type products and recommended that they systematically move them. In the most recent one, it was a 3.5% annuity, and we recommended that they move to a different annuity product that was about a half percent fee and add that to our standard fee, the client was cutting their overall fee structure in half. There's lots of opportunities to uh, reduce fees for clients while we're able to provide our overall advice The key Tyler is that clients should know what they're paying firms like ours send a notice out to the client uh, we provide discussion and information on other people's fees inside of mutual funds inside of annuities there are fees and clients don't necessarily know what they are or even if they if they knew them in the past, they've forgotten haven't kept track of it which is
1: normal. That's why a lot of people you know come to us for the second opinion on some of these products. We're happy to provide a second opinion
0: on the fees fee questions. We're also happy to provide a second opinion on questions like am I investing my money? correctly, what's going on with the markets, all the other financial planning type of questions. How do I teach my children to manage money? Lots of our clients have made every single mistake in the investing world, but have figured out what they want to do. So how do they help their children avoid all those mistakes? Parents have been trying to help their children avoid mistakes for generations, sometimes successfully, sometimes not. <laughs> and we all make mistakes. Sure, yes. And in the investing world, uh, the the good news is that mistakes the aren't fatal. You can you can come back from all of them. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, hopefully, hopefully.
1: <laughs> Jim, I know we gave our listeners a lot of information regarding fees. Do you mind just giving us a little bit of a brief summary? Fees
0: should be disclosed properly. They should be reasonable. As your account grows, you should expect that your fee structure will go down, all of which is good for both the client and the advisor. We're happy to review the fee structure with any of our clients. Uh, We think that's our obligation to bring it up. We're happy to discuss the the fee structure and how things work and review a a potential client's account, any one of your family members, friends, colleagues. We're happy to discuss it with them. We love this stuff. We do love this stuff. We actually like digging into this. That's a good point, Tyler. We actually think digging into this
1: stuff is fun. Yes. (laughs) We'll read the entire prospectus. Don't you worry.
0: (laughs) We do. We do. If anybody listening to this podcast want to discuss their investments with us, please contact us. Our contact info is in the show details. So thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, please follow us and like us and subscribe. And subscribe.
1: Co Securities, Inc. Disclaimer. It should not be assumed that your account holdings will correspond directly to any comparative indexes or any of our existing client accounts. Investment in foreign securities have additional risks, including the risk of adverse currency fluctuations. Please remember that different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and current and future results may be higher or lower than those shown. Figures shown are past results and are not predictive of results in future periods. Share prices and returns will vary, so investors may lose money. Investing for short periods of time make losses more likely it should not be assumed that recommendations made in the future will be profitable or will equal past performance. For the Vaughn Dividend Growth Program, performance is based on accounts that was managed for the longest period of time, and results are illustrated from inception. All income, dividends, interest, and other earnings are reinvested. Performance-based fees can only be utilized by individuals who meet the following qualifications. A natural person, who or a company that immediately after entering into the contract, has at least $1 million under management of the investment advisor or a natural person who or a company that the investment advisor entering into the contract and any person acting on his behalf reasonably believes immediately prior to entering into the contract has a net worth together in the case of a natural person with the assets held jointly with a spouse of more than 2.1 million dollars at the time the contract is entered into for the vaughn equity asset allocation program performance is based on an account that was among the earliest to use the program vaughn and co securities inc believes that these results are representative all income dividends interest and other earnings are reinvested There may be economic or market conditions that affect performance. Vaughn & Co. Securities, Inc. buys concentrated positions for our portfolios, which may make our performance more volatile than that of broad market indexes, and our performance may diverge from an index, positively or negatively, as a result. Investments are not FDIC-insured, nor are the deposits of or guaranteed by a bank or other entity. Vaughn Asset Allocation Program and Vaughn Dividend Growth Accounts results are net of all fees, reflecting trading commissions, maintenance, custody, advisory, and performance fees, if any. It should not be assumed that the recommendation may in the future will be profitable or will equal past performance. Data and information contained in any chart used by Vaughn Co. Securities, Inc. has been supplied by sources we believe to be reliable, but is not guaranteed. Accounts held at Fidelity Investments are covered by CIPIC.